We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter, tweeting Mavs things daily at Dalton underscore Trigg. Uh, you can follow the pod account at Step Back Mavs on Twitter. It's been a while, guys. Um... Uh, I took a little bit of a pod hiatus. I uh, just it got to a point in the off season or the dead of the off season uh, where it just felt like you know I was I was just putting fluff out there and uh, I felt it was as good of a time as any to recharge the batteries before we get you know into training camp and preseason and everything else. So took a little bit of a break. I'm back. I feel refreshed. Uh, I'm ready for another great season of Mavs basketball and Mavs basketball coverage uh, brought to you you know through this podcast and also uh, over on DallasBasketball.com but yeah it's good to be back Uh, I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit made a rookie mistake I actually recorded this pod uh, earlier today 30 minutes worth uh, did it on StreamYard uh, got to the end and made a rookie mistake. Realized I didn't actually add myself to the stream. <laughs> so uh, I made a rookie mistake. First time I have done something like that in three years. So uh, we're giving it a second go around this time. So uh, just to start off, you know, the biggest news in the entire NBA right now uh, and yesterday was Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, he. In July, early July, he demanded a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, the Nets, they they talked to other teams. Other teams made offers, but, you know, it never really got serious uh, because their asking price for KD was just enormous. And, you know, it probably had a, a ripple effect from that Rudy Gobert trade where the Jazz got, you know, five first-round picks and, uh, you know, a bunch of key veterans and young players and all that. So... I think that probably, you know, skewed everybody's uh, perception of, you know, what players' actual value is. Uh, Because, you know, as great as KD is, he's a top five player in the league. He's probably a top three player in the league still. Uh, He's going to turn 34 this year. 
Uh, he has four years left on his contract, but he is 34. He has had, you know, a, a major Achilles injury that he's recovered miraculously from. Uh, but, you know, that, all that stuff factors into it. Like, teams aren't just going to sell the farm uh, for a guy who is aging no matter how good he is. And then, you know, it's like, you know, Brooklyn did everything he wanted in, as far as, like, bringing in uh, Kyrie Irving with him. And, you know, they started out this era by uh, signing DeAndre Jordan, who was the starting center for a while. Uh, you know, so they've, they've done stuff to appease KD and – you know, I think other teams were just like, oh, man, well, if he's still not happy after all this stuff the Nets have done for him, then, you know, what if we give up the farm and then he decides he's not happy with us a year down the road? Uh, so I do think that kind of played a factor into it as well. So for now, uh, KD and Nets ownership and Steve Nash, they all met in uh, Los Angeles and they have agreed to move forward without a trade for now. We'll see how long that sticks. Uh, we'll see how uh, the Nets do early in the season and if Kyrie Irving can get back in the right headspace and, you know, actually play more than, you know, 30 games in a season. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But we can put that one to bed for now. Uh, the second biggest story and, you know, a, a trade that's likely going to happen, in my opinion, is, you know, the, the New York Knicks trading for uh, – Donovan Mitchell you know the the Knicks went out they stole Jalen Brunson from the Dallas Mavericks well I won't say steal because I think Jalen was going there anyway and I don't think there's much the Mavs could have done about it regardless uh <clears throat> now they could have offered Jalen Brunson the extension before the season started uh they did not uh, Jalen Brunson hints that if they had offered him the extension before the trade deadline of last year that he would have signed it. I'm skeptical of that uh, because he was very clearly the Mavs' second best player at that point, and I think he kind of knew that a big payday was coming his way before the trade deadline. So I know he says if the Mavs would have offered that four-year, $56 million extension before the trade deadline that he would have signed it. I'm not necessarily buying that. I think he was, at that point, you know, he was going to test free agency no matter what, and he ended up going to the Knicks to be with his dad and, you know, the team he grew up being a fan of. So, uh, But now, you know, after going to the Knicks and, you know, supposedly it was going to be his chance to run his own team, you know, the Knicks are, in my opinion, likely going to trade for Donovan Mitchell now, uh, which, in my opinion will make Jalen Brunson the number two again. Uh, and I personally think a duo of Luka and JB is better than a duo of Donovan Mitchell and JB in New York on a less talented Knicks roster. But, you know, that's just me. I uh, won't get too far into that. But <clears throat> so the the Jazz and Knicks have been back and forth all summer. Talks of you know, stalled and then they've gotten back on and uh, there's, reports out there that Danny Ainge has uh, trade offers from mystery teams that he really likes, but, you know, we all know how Danny Ainge is from his Boston Celtics days. Uh, he's a notorious smoke blower, uh, so that's probably just a leverage attempt to try and get the Knicks to, uh, you know, sweeten the deal a little bit more because uh, the Knicks apparently have offered five first-round picks 
for Donovan Mitchell, but only two of them were unprotected. And Danny Ainge reportedly wants four unprotected picks. So, I mean, if you're just kind of, I wrote about this uh, for our Knicks site too. You know, I, I know you are familiar with DallasBasketball.com, but uh, we've expanded. Uh, and I, I mentioned this a while back, but you know, we cover we cover the Spurs, the Rockets, uh, the New York Knicks, and the Orlando Magic now. Uh, so I've kind of expanded my NBA coverage, and I'll, I'll dabble in that every now and then. Uh, but I wrote about, you know, how you can kind of read the tea leaves right now with this Knicks-Jazz situation. It feels like a deal. Nobody will come out and just say a deal is imminent, but it feels like one is imminent. Like, it feels like a deal is there. Danny Ainge likes it. He knows that, you know, other teams aren't going to beat it. And he's just trying to get, you know the final details to go more in his favor than what they currently are. So I would not be shocked at all if there's an announcement that Donovan Mitchell is a New York Nick, you know, in the next couple weeks, you know, before we get into training camp and all that. I think that's coming. And then when it does come, um, then we get, get to look at what the Jazz do with their veteran players on their current roster that don't want to be there or won't, they won't want to be there you know, after the final blow-up piece of Mitchell leaving happens. So, you know, I'm talking about Patrick Beverly, uh, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Mike Conley, who's probably the most realistic uh, option for the Mavs if they do get in on a on a deal with Utah. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich would be amazing, but, you know, I, I think somebody, some team out there will end up giving up a first-round pick uh, for Bogdanovich and probably Jordan Clarkson too. Uh, Patrick Beverly is interesting to me because, you know, I, I saw this on uh, Mavs Twitter earlier in the offseason. Somebody suggested a uh, Dwight Powell for Patrick Beverly uh, and a Dwight Powell and a second round pick for Patrick Beverly. I think that would work because uh, Beverly very clearly does not want to be in Utah. And given his age, and, you know, he, he's still a good defender, but he's not what he used to be. I mean, I don't necessarily see him getting uh, receiving a first-round pick from another team. So I think that's something that could be in the cards. I know the Mavs love Dwight Powell, and he's, you know, one of the biggest locker room leaders and everything. But I wrote about this not too long ago. I'm just not sure where Dwight Powell fits in anymore. I mean, not in ele- not in $11 million a year. You know, now if they keep him through this season and they go into the off season next year and he signs like a, you know, four or five million dollar a year deal to be the third center on the roster, then you know that's that's completely different. But you know, making eleven million right now, uh, and the Mavs went out and added Christian Wood and JaVale McGee when Dwight Powell's minutes were already dwindling to you know hardly anything in the playoffs. It's just hard for me to envision his on-court fit going into this year. Uh, so, if the Mavs are going to trade Dwight Powell, uh, I think something like that would make sense. That's my favorite Dwight Powell trade, realistic one, uh, because you know the Mavs do have a need for a secondary distributor, a secondary playmaker. Uh, you know, the adding Christian Wood and Javale McGee, and even drafting Jaden Hardy. That's great. I mean, that that makes the Mavs better uh, than what they were heading into the offseason, even with losing Jalen Brunson. 
Uh, we hear Mark Cuban and Nico Harrison and the rest of the, the Mavs, Jason Kidd, they all talk about uh, you know, how those guys are going to make up for Jalen Brunson's point production, and that's true. But, you know, with the specific type of player that, that JB was and, you know, what he brought to the table, uh, you still have to have another uh, playmaker off the bench to make up for Spencer Dinwiddie now having to move into the starting lineup with Luka Doncic. Uh, because that, you know, after the KP trade last year, uh, when the Mavs got Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans from Washington, that was one of the biggest things that ignited the Mavs in that last part of the season, heading into the playoffs. You know, they they had the three-headed guard monster of Doncic, Brunson, and Dinwiddie. And it took some of the pressure off of Luka's shoulders, you know, as far as having to create for everybody, having to, you know, handle the ball all the time. It was great, and, you know, if they would have kept Brunson, one of the things I was most excited about heading into this next season was Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back from his injury and him getting to play with Dinwiddie off the bench uh, because I thought that was one of the main things. You know, when, when Hardaway was a starter, the Mavs' defense wasn't great, but Hardaway's offense was better. And, you know, he shot nearly 40% from three the previous two seasons, you know, starting with Luka, and then this year, when he mostly went to the bench, you know, that, that efficiency fell off a little bit. He only shot, I think it was around 34% from deep before he uh, had that uh, foot, fracture, foot fracture in February. So I was really looking forward to Hardaway Jr. coming back and being able to play with another ball handler off the bench in Dinwiddie and... Again, since Brunson's gone now, Dinwiddie moves into the starting lineup with Luka, and, you know, they still have that void to fill, which, you know, that's one reason why everybody was kind of upset, or at least from what I saw on the fan base. And, you know, me personally, I, it didn't make sense to me, and you never get a complete explanation from the Mavs on this stuff. But, you know, Goran Dragic who we have talked about so many times on this podcast. It, it, it almost gets redundant, and I'm sure people are sick of it. But, you know, uh, to have a guy like Dragic, and we've seen it in international play. We'll get to that with Luka here in a second. But, you know, to see a guy with Dragic performing the way he has for the Slovenian national team in these friendly matches this summer, uh, and then, you know, you look at free agency – and he would have come. He would have played for the Mavs if they would have just offered him the role he wanted. But apparently, according to Dragic, uh, the Mavs basically wanted him to be in the Boban role. You know, mostly a cheerleader on the bench, and you know, might play once every five games or so. Uh, you know, and Dragic he wanted to play around twenty minutes a game and have a prominent role. Uh, so he ended up signing with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Nikola Vucevic was uh, big in recruiting him to the Bulls, but the biggest thing was the role that he was promised there. And I guess just, I mean, the, the I did an interview with Mark Cuban on Friday, and I'm sure if, if you haven't seen it, go to go to my uh, Twitter page at Dalton underscore Trig, and it's one of the more recent article links I've shared on there, but. I talked with Mark Cuban on Friday. I asked him about this specific issue, you know, of the Mavs not necessarily filling that void yet. 
and whether or not the team is going to try and make a move, whether it's a sign or a trade before the season starts or if they're hoping for some uh, some homegrown development there. Uh, and he mentioned Frank Nilakina as one of the one of the guys that he's excited about this year as far as like trying to take over that role. I like Frank Nilakina. He had some really good moments in the playoffs, especially in that uh, seven-game series win against the Suns in the second round. But uh, and he also did that while he was sick. He he missed the complete uh, first round against the Jazz because of an illness, or maybe he got oh he got his tonsils taken out or something. Anyway, so he missed that series. He came back against the Suns, played excellent defense on Devin Booker and Chris Paul. He was one of the main reasons they ended up uh, coming back and winning that series, aside from Luka just going supernova, uh, obviously. But, you know, he's just not... As much as I like Neil Aquina as a... If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, ninth, tenth man off the bench, and I think he can do some nice things. He's just not considered a secondary playmaker in my opinion. He he's more like a he's more like a 3 and D wing in a big guard's body. You know, that's that's more that's more so what he is. So yeah, I can see him helping this year, but you know, I, I mean as far as uh, as far as guys that are already on the roster, 
you know, filling that role. I feel like Josh Green probably has more of a chance to to be that guy uh, to create for others than than Frank Nilakina. But you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying based on what we've seen so far uh, in in these guys' careers, I, I just don't know. And maybe it doesn't happen in the first couple months of the season, and then the Mavs, you know, finally address it with a trade or something. Uh, but, you know, we'll just have to see. Hopefully it all works out. Regardless, I do think the Mavs got better this offseason. Uh, Christian Wood, in my opinion, is starting to be a little uh, underrated at this point. Uh, I know there's a lot of negativity about this offseason because the Mavs didn't do much, but uh, and I've said this, uh, I went on a, a Twitter space, it's 77 Spaces with my guys uh, Rolo and Jose, uh, last week, and you know, I gave the Mavs offseason a B grade because I mean, obviously, you can't, I don't think you can give them a higher grade than that just because they did lose their second best player uh, in free agency. But uh, I don't think they could have really done much to avoid that. But I think if the Mavs had gone out and traded for Christian Wood and then signed JaVale McGee and drafted Jaden Hardy. I think if they had done all that after they lost Jalen Brunson, which isn't possible based on when free agency is, but I'm just saying, like, as a visual here, if they had done all that after they lost Brunson, I feel like there would be more of a positive, you know, light shining on this Mavs offseason. And, you know... Uh, until somebody morphs into that secondary playmaker role or until they add somebody that can do that role efficiently, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to end up having struggles in the postseason when it eventually gets to that point. But, well, let me rephrase that. I think they're going to struggle in the postseason if they don't address that. Uh, but the regular season, I think they'll be fine. You know, I think this team is more than capable of winning 55-plus games. You look at last year, uh, you know, they the team started 16 and 18, and then for, you know, uh, for a variety of reasons, Luka was in questionable shape. That appears to have corrected itself this year. He has a chip on his shoulder, and after the season ended, the Mavs lost to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. He went to his uh, Slovenian trainer uh, and told him, like, hey, I'm going to take a week off, and then we're getting to work. And sure enough, Luka looks amazing uh, in these international friendly matches he's been playing in for Slovenia. Uh, he's tan. He's toned. Uh, I mean, he's added a hook shot to his game. You know, like like Holger used to say uh, with Dirk Nowitzki back in the day, every offseason he'd go and add something to his toolbox when he went home to Germany. Well, Luca apparently has added the hook shot. I don't know how prominent that'll be in his game this season, but, man, is it fun to see on social media and to see him breaking it out in these actual games. <laughs> uh, Slovenia beat. Serbia in overtime the other day. It was Luka versus Nikola Jokic, and that was a fantastic game. Uh, Luka, he, he he was incredible as always. But uh, So he looks good. I don't think the conditioning issues is going to be a problem this year. Uh, 
it's kind of been like that for him the last two seasons. And the Mavs have gotten off to slow starts the last two seasons. After the 25-game mark in each of the last two years, the Mavs have been under 500. So I think there's motivation, not just from Luka, but, you know, from the rest of the team too. I think they're, I think they're probably going to be extra motivated to get off to a, a faster start than what they've been accustomed to the last few years. I mean, they have to, especially, you know, since they lost Brunson and, you know, uh, since the West is getting better, the Clippers are going to be back. Uh, the Nuggets are going to be healthier. Uh, you know, you don't know what to expect from the Lakers. You know, they're probably going to be pretty mediocre, but you never know what could happen, you know, between now and the and the start of the season. So, you know, I, the, the West is going to be better, but the Mavs, I think they're going to end up being better as well. So, We'll see how it goes. But, you know, not only the conditioning stuff, but they were implementing Coach Jason Kidd's system at the start of last year. Uh, They had the new basketball, which I know a lot of people scoffed when Cuban said that, you know, that probably had something to do with the Mavs missing so many open shots at the start of last year. But, I mean, I kind of feel like there was something to that because the shooting finally came around and it was ridiculous. It wasn't just the Mavs. It was like a lot of guys around the league were just missing open shots that they'd normally make. So that had something to do with it. Uh, the last time the NBA tried to do something different with their, their basketball, I think it was like back in 2010 or something, it lasted maybe a month. <laughs> they, they had to change back because guys were complaining about it. But you had that going on. You had Luca with his ankle injuries. You had the health and safety protocols you know as soon as Luca came back from an ankle injury he went into that I mean the Mavs were playing Charlie Brown Jr. and Brandon Knight in their Christmas game uh, against the Utah Jazz last year which is crazy uh, and you know I haven't been on here since the official schedule dropped but uh, you know it's pretty cool that the Mavs are having their first home Christmas game since 2011 and it's against LeBron again uh, last time it was on ring night and they raised the banner into the AAC rafters uh, and you know now LeBron returns to American Airlines Center on Christmas with his Lakers and it's the prime time spot uh, so Luca versus LeBron on Christmas it should be great but Yeah, I mean, look, that's the biggest thing is Luka being in shape. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. If he starts out the year the way I think he's going to, we really could be looking at an MVP year for Luka. He's been the odds-on favorite going into the last two seasons, and he's the odds-on favorite yet again going into this season as well. And I think he's going to maintain – you know, his current form, like how good he looks right now. He hasn't looked this good since the Orlando bubble uh, when, you know, when the teams arrived in Orlando and he was, you know, super tan and toned and shredding everybody. Uh, You know, he had that incredible stat line against the Bucks in one of those bubble games where it was like 36 points, 19 rebounds, 14 assists. (laughs) And then he had the game four... Uh, buzzer beater against the Clippers where it was, uh, I believe it was 43 points and 17 rebounds, 13. I mean, he had some incredible stat lines during that time. And part of it was because he was just in such stellar shape. 
uh, and it appears like that's the case yet again. And there's not going to be much downtime for Luca between now and the start of the season because on September 1st, Eurobasket starts. So he'll be playing with Slovenia for that. It goes through the 18th of September. So, you know, if Slovenia goes all the way or gets close to going all the way, uh, you know, he's going to be in action for, you know, pretty much the whole month of September. And then after Eurobasket is over, training camp's going to start. Uh, so, and then after training camp, it rolls into preseason. And next thing you know, it's October 19th, and the Mavs are opening the season against the Phoenix Suns at the, the scene of the crime, uh, the Game 7 slaughtering uh, where Luka had as many points, 27, as the Suns did at halftime of that game. That They'll be starting the season before you know it. So I'm excited, guys. I think it's going to be a really good year. I think Christian Wood is going to, you know, exceed all expectations that, you know, the fan base currently has for him. He's an excellent pick-and-roll partner for Luka. He's going to bring the versatility to the offense that KP was supposed to bring. If he, if KP had shot over 30% from three last year, Wood shot 39% from for Houston, uh, and he's a 38% uh, free – He's a 38% three-point shooter for his career. So, you know, that's something that's going to be there for him. But pick and rolls, pick and pops, uh, he's going to be an excellent match for Luka. He's going to uh, be able to handle the ball a little bit more than what KP would. Uh, The defense is an issue, but, you know, if you look at the teams that he's played on throughout his careers, they've all been bottom dwellers. And... When he left Detroit and signed with Houston, you know, the the idea was that he was going to be on a contender with James Harden, and then two months into that experiment, James Harden was gone (laughs) in trade. So uh, he's been on bottom dwellers his entire career. That's not the case this year. He's on a team that just made it to the Western Conference Finals and has a three-time All-NBA first-team guy in Luka Uh, that's going to feed him early and often. And it also helps that he's in a contract year. So financially, he's going to be motivated to give it his all this year on both ends of the court because if he does, he's going to get a hefty payday next summer. So I think all things considered, it's shaping up to be another great year for the Mavs. I don't anticipate them having a, a Western Conference Finals hangover Uh, You know, maybe if they had made it all the way and and won the title, you know, there would be a little bit of a let up. But I think these guys are hungry. You know, Luka, obviously he's hungry. I think guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's going to have an increased role. And, you know, uh, the statistics show that guys in their second year coming back from an ACL injury, that's when they normally get back to their – their previous physical form like a hundred percent so that's encouraging something to look look out for uh but yeah i mean overall i'm i'm just really excited about this i'm, I'm glad that we almost have basketball back in our lives full time uh nba basketball that is uh, and look I'm, I'm excited for it i'm excited we get to be doing these pods more regularly again uh and we're obviously going to have a ton of stuff up on DallasBasketball.com, as always. But, guys, look, I appreciate it. And as I mentioned on Twitter uh, earlier, we are doing a 
t-shirt giveaway. If you haven't seen uh, my, my new Luca album design that we've been doing, it's really, really cool. I got one myself. I wear it all the time. Uh, it's, it's one that you want, even if you don't win the giveaway, I mean, you should go take advantage of the link where for the next 24 hours, uh, instead of $22 or $14, but I am giving away uh, a couple of these shirts and all you got to do to be entered for a chance to win is to leave us a review, uh, Mav step back, you leave us a review on Apple podcasts or Spotify, uh, and so after you leave that review, uh, take a screenshot of it and find my tweet when I post this podcast. It'll be one of my most recent tweets. Find the tweet, quote tweet it with your screenshots, you know, showing that you left a review, and that's it. That's all you got to do to enter. And then next week, I will pick a winner. I will pick three winners actually for this contest. Uh, get your info and shoot you over some shirts. So be sure to do that. Go leave a review, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, screenshot it, and re- either reply or quote tweet uh, to my tweet with the podcast when I post it later. And even if you've left a review before, you're still going to be entered into this. You just have to, you know, go find your review and, and post it. So that's it, guys. I appreciate y'all joining me. We'll do it again very, very soon. I appreciate it as always. Y'all have a great one.